Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. TV who truthfully do crimes. <laughs> I don't know. Hi, Melissa. <laughs> Can we add that to our tagline? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Dot, dot, dot. I don't know. Yeah. Hi, Rebecca. How are hey. you? I'm great. How are yeah. you? <laughs> I know. Like we didn't just do this. I know. I was thinking, you know, we should probably start a fitness podcast at the rate you and I are going. <laughs> Honestly, why not? I, Melissa I, exercises yeah. every day, you guys. Okay, not true. Not true. I have a four day a week workout and I try to walk every day. But like, that's a, a lot. I'm going to lose well, my mind if I don't. Well, that's a great reason to do it. I'm just impressed and I'm just oh, well, thank you. wanted to share it. Rebecca did yoga today before seven at 7 a.m. Rebecca did or, Pilates. Uh, I knew it. Every time I will say yoga. Every time. It's a it really it. funny um, thing for you. It's like a hangout that you can't get Mm-mm, over. I can't. And then even in texting, I think I'm better now because I can see myself writing. Writing. Like, no, you idiot. I probably just needed to do auto, you know, cha- like where it changes it for me. But Pilates. Rebecca did Pilates. I did do Pilates. Um, did I ever tell you about the W in my texts and my autocorrect? Something about like, where are you every time you hit W? Yeah. <laughs> Anytime yeah. I hit W. No, it's longer. It's when are you going to be home? And it comes out so fast and aggressively. And it just reveals like the horrible neg that I am to my whole family. But it's on my computer. If I'm mm-hmm. typing in a Google Doc and text to anybody, a W. It really messes me up. Yeah, and could get some unsolicited um, people to your house. I know. I've had some run-ins. Insert this Simply Safe <laughs> ad right here. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Organic uh, advertising is what we call that. <laughs> well, speaking of fitness, that kind of is a segue oh, yes. to today's episode, um, mm-hmm. which I think you just figured out today because someone on Instagram did. Your lovely cousin gave enough information that I knew who it was. And I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah. So, so excited about this. Yeah. Big shout out to Jen, by the way. Yes. Long time listener, long time cousin. <laughs> Big fan. Okay. Well, if you can think back to a few weeks ago, the clues were race, Missouri, and MTV. So let's start with race because I know you know, and I know some people know, but let's walk through this. Now let's add the word amazing in front of it. We're going to talk a little bit about The Amazing Race as a reality competition show. I feel like it's come up here. Obviously, we talk about so many things that we've never covered the show per se, but it's come up as I really like it. I didn't watch every season, but my kids were into it for a while. What about you? Yeah, I've watched, I think I've only watched one full season. Okay. um, And then I've watched here and there. The host fascinates me because his accent, I think he's from New Zealand, but like- It's only like every fifth word that I feel like. Yeah. So I'm always like, you know, I've like tried to figure it out, which is not the point of the show, but I enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun and it's a great concept. I agree. So my kids, two of them still, they've been saying it since they were young. They want to go on together as adults. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Oh, I hope they do. I do too. I think they'd be a great pair. I think they'd actually do pretty well. They'd be very entertaining at the very least. Our story starts in season 33 of the competition show, Amazing Race, and the season was unique for many reasons, but it's kind of wild that we're even talking about it because it almost didn't happen. Cameras were up and going at the beginning of 2020, but come mid to late February, the host, Phil, didn't 
work on the pronunciation of his name. Keegan? Kagan? Honestly, he probably says it different every time. Yeah. So then I will too. We'll just go with Phil. Everybody knows <laughs> who I'm talking about. Phil had to go to the cast who were already up and competing and filming and make this announcement. We've, we're going to start right with that first clip. Go right into it. Important announcement to make. The Amazing Race has traveled over a million miles around the world, visited almost 100 countries. And from day one, our number one priority has been to make sure that all of you are safe. And right now, the world is dealing with the coronavirus. And in order to keep you safe, we believe the best choice for all of us is to suspend the race. In an ideal world, the planets will align and we will pick this race back up again and hopefully have all of you starting the race again. Nobody ever on Amazing Race has ever had an opportunity to come on the race and then go and regroup and come back better and faster than you were in the beginning. You guys are one of a kind and we want to see you get home safe to your families. Thank you very much. You noticed something. What did you notice? That I'm not going to even say their names, but that a couple that's on Facebook a lot, I think it starts with an H, and that's all I'm going to say, they are one of the couples, like one of the two-person teams that were there. Wait, can I mention their name? Because they're in oh, my yeah. script. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're talking about two contestants, Penn and Kim Holderness. Yes. And if those names ring a bell, and they should if you are... White, straight, have kids, and live in the suburbs. I'm sorry, but it's true. (laughs) But what if you actively avoid them? They'll find you. The (laughs) algorithm will find you and hunt you down. I feel like people will know who we're talking about, but Mm. just in case they don't, I do want to refresh memories. If you could go to the second clip, 10 years ago, no, yeah, 10 years ago, everyone pretty much saw this. These are my Christmas jammies. Oh yeah, it's a Holder Nye 2013 in review, video Christmas card part two. Dancing in the front yard night and day, and the neighbors walk by and this is what they say. Are these Christmas jammies? They are Christmas jammies. Check it out, we just bought a Prius V and it matches these perfectly. Wearing Christmas jammies. Okay, I had to stop it. I, I did not make it to 30 seconds. So you you don't have warm feelings towards Kim and Penn? I admire their ability to weird Al Yankovic, just any song I've ever cared about, into a very suburban way about... I saw a recent one. I didn't watch it, but I saw it on my Facebook feed, which why was I there? I'm part of the problem, about Stanley Cups. So I oh, just... Oh, yeah. I think I saw that when I was doing my research. Oh, sure. You're doing your research. You weren't on Facebook. <laughs> So yeah, it might have been I YouTube. Just, yeah, it's. I mean, they are for some people. They yes. are for some people. Yeah, on this we can agree. Look, I'm not going to trash them here on our podcast, but it, no. it's not. It's not for me. But I also admire the, their ability to monetize them doing Seriously. these things too. My yeah. goodness. So this couple, Kim and Penn Holderness, published this video with Christmas jammies. Very cute. But they pretty much became YouTube stars overnight, and they were also on this group of contestants, like I mentioned, in this 2020 33rd season of The Amazing Race. Spoiler alert, once production picked cameras back up, Kim and Pam would go on to be the first place winners. Spoiler alert number two, this episode isn't even about them, but they are fun (laughs) and kind of a lighter element to the story, and I wanted to include it because the story is a little heavier, a little bitter, very bittersweet, and I also break the rules a little. Are you ready? I'm ready. I have a follow-up question about them, though. Oh, please. Or not them. What was the difference between when it was shot versus when does that come up later? It does. Sometimes you ask the question that are my next sentence. It's not the first times it's happened. My literal next sentence on my page is, so Amazing Race resumed in September 2021. I was just like, we can't go past this. I have to But I just, I feel like that puts us in sync. Like, I'm anticipating. And the great writing. Like, your audience needs to know maybe wow teamwork dream work we should go on the amazing race oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) just got a a minute it came out i'm like nope (laughs) put that back i had one good trip to new york we can't do this (laughs) 
we would not do well. Okay, sorry. I'm still imagining it and laughing so much. Okay, <laughs> in my brain. Okay, so they did pick the cameras back up and they resumed with mostly the same cast. Obviously, some things changed. They had to slightly modify the teams and the route, right? Because not every country was open for business. But in September 2021, most of the teams were back and the competitors visited two continents, seven countries, and traveled over 22,000 miles, which is actually less ground than typical, but still a very ambitious race. And some of the challenges on this season seemed particularly high risk and dangerous, but I don't watch every season so I'm not sure if they were outliers but the things I was watching these people do looked absolutely insane oh wow like scaling with a rope sideways I'm sure there's a word for this like a uh, rock cliff like very Uh high over the air big rock air (laughs) tall (laughs) scale rope sideways cloud (laughs) It's like I'm playing Pictionary. Now, Melissa, you and I both know there are many reasons why people do reality TV of any kind, from auditioning to be a housewife or from competing in a reality show like Survivor or Amazing Race. Everyday people and celebrities of all status, let's be honest, they go for it, for fame or to renew their fame, for money or future financial opportunities and sponsorships. I like these competition shows because it's a little more direct. It's mostly everyday people if it's not like a celebrity version. And they're just there to win the prize. The objective is very clear. And usually, yes, sometimes there is a personal mission that compels them to do these extreme things and they have a compelling story and that's what makes great TV. So it goes beyond the money, but it's very straightforward. And usually they do have something to prove to themselves and to the world. Right. Now, we've often talked about people turning to reality TV for their comeback or their redemption. And I would say that the story I'm going to share with you is perhaps one of the most pure, deserved, and winsome examples of someone coming on a show, truly, to tell a new story about themselves. So in addition to the Holdernesses, there were obviously many other people, but the duo we're going to talk about, and really just one individual, they're way more interesting and telegenic and compelling than Kim and Penn. Sorry, Holderness family. It's a team of two guys named Dusty Harris, and we don't really need to worry about him too much, and Ryan Ferguson. And today's story is really about Ryan Ferguson. Some people might be familiar with his name if they watched Amazing Race. Some people may know it for other reasons. Yeah. Um, But I'm excited to tell you all about him. So when you watch that clip that we previously listened to where Phil announces that they're suspending the show, I know people didn't get to watch it. They only listened. But you can see the disappointment in their faces. There's concern. It's also that weird time when people, I remember I was working full time in an office then. And, you know, my boss gathered us around and was like, I don't know if it's going to be a week or two or three, Mm -hmm. but like everyone needs to go home. And we were all just kind of like, what? Like it, it was just so weird to go back and watch those things happen at all the various places they happened. But there was a particular look of devastation on Ryan Ferguson's face that I noticed. I caught that too. Yeah. Right? Like, like just hung his like, head. Oh, and this must have just been such a blow because I think he was so ready, but it is far from the hardest thing Ryan has ever had to face. Because you see in 2020, when he first appeared on The Amazing Race, he'd only been out of prison for seven years. And I'm going to tell you all about why he was there and why he got out right after a quick break from this week's sponsor. Spring is bursting with fresh energy. The air, our aspirations, and even our homes get a refreshing makeover. And what better time to revamp your home security with Simply Safe? It's our top choice and for good reason. Praised as the best home security system for 2024 by US News and World Report and recognized by Newsweek for its exceptional customer service, Simply Safe has you covered. From break-ins to fires and floods, its comprehensive sensors keep your entire home safeguarded. I also love that with the cameras I have in my house, I can be gone, not be able to get a hold of a kid, and simply go onto one of the cameras and look around the room and see my kid is there and safe, but just ignoring me, as you know, kids will do sometimes. And with a range of indoor and outdoor cameras, you can keep a vigilant eye on your property around the clock. For less than a dollar a day, you can enjoy 24-7 professional monitoring, ensuring prompt emergency responses for whenever you need it. Plus, Simply Safe's monitoring agents can intervene in real time, deterring intruders with the power of voice through wireless indoor cameras. 
But the best part is there's no long-term commitment and you have a generous 60-day money-back guarantee. So why not give Simply Safe a try? If it doesn't exceed your expectations, simply return it for a full refund. Simply Safe has given us and our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminality. That's simplysafe.com/criminality. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay, so Melissa, I told you last episode and I mentioned it at the top that I'm breaking one of the rules. We don't have a lot of rules on criminality. But what is and one they're that self-imposed? We... I know. I, as you like to say, we make the rules and I like to say we laugh at the rules. But what is our one rule about story composition and like the things we cover? Murder. No right? murder. No murder. Yeah, yeah. Not like, the rule is not to murder Melissa. I mean, both. We don't typically talk about murder and right. uh, we don't or commit it. partake. Mm-hmm. Correct. And I like that about our show and our work. We do. Because we both deal with a lot of it. In other spaces. Yeah. But I'm sorry to say there is a murder in the story, and we're not going to spend a ton of time on the details of the actual crime, only what is necessary. And I really think everyone will be okay with it once we get through the end, and I hope everyone will allow me this exception. This story is so important and so moving and so everything and all the things you love, I know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think this is amazing. We should break all the rules. Break the rules, laugh at the rules. Okay, well then everybody get ready. But if you do want to skip the part about hearing about the murder, I'm going to put up a trigger warning right now. And if you skip ahead like three minutes, it'll be over. Okay. And then you can rejoin. So let's put a pin in the amazing race and head over to Missouri, which is our second clue. We're going back to 2001, November 1st to be exact. Now, it's this weird story because it happened in the early hours of technically November 1st, but it kind of started Halloween night, right? So Got it. the crime was sort of always reported as a Halloween night thing because it mm-hmm. did happen, but it was turning into November 1st. So technically, it was November 1st. But if I say Halloween and somewhere else, that's why. So on that night, a man named Keith Heitholt, who was a sports editor for a newspaper in Columbia, Missouri called the Columbia Tribune, left the office late. It was just after 2 a.m. and he was talking to a coworker named Michael Boyd. They were in the parking lot right outside the building, like not to their cars yet, just kind of outside the building. Right. They parted ways and just minutes later, a janitor came out for a cigarette break and saw Keith's body laying on the parking lot very close to his car. And they claimed to have seen, quote, two shadowy figures also near the car. She ran back inside and got her supervisor, so he was like the head of the janitorial department, named Jerry Trump. Both of them later testified that they witnessed two college-age men near the car. They also reported that one of those guys yelled, someone's hurt out here, man, before the men walked away in a nearby alley. Like, I don't know, wouldn't you think they'd run? I don't know. Anyway, well, if you're, yeah, if you're the person that's done something, would yeah. you run slash not say that? The janitors notified their coworkers and they also called 911 at 2.26 a.m. Trigger warning, this is just the brief part where we're going to just say what happened. Keith had been beaten with a blunt object, but when the cause of death came back later, it was proven to be strangulation by the, his own belt that he had been wearing. Okay. It's a just tragic, horrific story an incident that happened to him he was a married father of two teenagers i saw pictures and memoriams for him and he just he looked incredibly kind and well liked i think Mm -hmm. he was a very big community person and it's really really awful but we're gonna just talk about what happened around the investigation of his murder and how it pertains to ryan ferguson today so the first janitor who was out smoking and saw this all happen she provided details so that a composite sketch could be drawn and that's going to be important later So that's all happening at the office. Meanwhile, on the same night, beginning on Halloween, two high school juniors, Ryan Ferguson and his friend Charles Erickson, who goes by Chuck. High school juniors. I just didn't remember they were that young. So young. So young. They were out on the town partying. House parties, drinking, just being a high school junior in the town that they're very comfortable in. And they even got into a bar because Ryan's older sister worked there. She was a bartender. So... No problem, no ID, no problem. They know the bouncer. They got in and they were given alcohol there. And Ryan's friend also did cocaine while there. So Chuck was out of it and Ryan was intoxicated. 
Now, back to the investigation. There were no arrests, no viable leads for two years until the local media picked up the story again. You know, it's always like the anniversary of the murder. Let's throw this up on the news again. And they republished the composite sketch that the janitor had given two years prior. Melissa, I am going to send you some side-by-side pictures. I would like your opinion okay, on what you think. So I will post these on Instagram so everybody can see them. So obviously one is the sketch. Obviously one is the real guy, Chuck Erickson. What do you think? It looks like the exact same person. I know. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever seen a sketch that looks so... Maybe the eyes are slightly different. And I mean the teeny tiniest bit, but... It's yeah, there's something look- in the gaze and expression that was captured. Yes. That's so... Because it's not really as cheeks his cheeks are much fuller in the composite the eyes like you said are different shape the the lips are too full but there is just an essence in it that is accurate and that is problematic (laughs) yeah seriously so chuck erickson ryan's friend saw the news cycle putting his story back up putting keith's story back out there and he saw the composite sketch and he felt like it resembled him so he saw what you and I are seeing can you even imagine seeing a sketch and being like why do I feel like that's me that I mean that would be scary if I saw one that looked that much like me yeah that would that would initially freak me out for sure he began having dreams about the murder after seeing all these articles and images and he became increasingly paranoid that maybe he and Ryan had something to do with it because there were so many parts of the night he couldn't account for due to the intoxication and I guess the bar where they were was pretty close to this office. He expresses this to Ryan, who is like, paraphrasing, dude, we didn't kill a guy. Like, I know it's spotty that night, but, and it's two years later. I mean, and he was just kind of like, what? So, you know, Ryan had really none of these thoughts. Right. Chuck can't let it go. Like, he's really tormented by it. So he tells another group of friends This group of friends takes it pretty seriously and they anonymously call 911 and let the police know that they know who killed Keith Heitholt. And the rest, unfortunately, was pretty much going to be history for these two guys. Yeah. Chuck was picked up and interrogated. The police asked questions. And I mean, yeah, that's they interrogated him. Right. And Chuck had no answers for any of it. There's a literal quote where he says, it's just so foggy. I could be sitting here fabricating all of it. Oh, wow. They asked him, what did you strangle Keith with? And Chuck said, I I don't know, a t-shirt, maybe a bungee cord. I mean, he's just guessing. It kind of reminds me of Brandon Dassey. Brandon Dassey, remember? Like where you just feel like he's searching for something that maybe isn't there. But at this point... They, I'm assuming the police haven't released that it was his own belt that he was choked with. No. So they were asking him to lead him. Got it. Into that. And, and he didn't say that. I mean, he said, he just starts guessing objects. Eventually they say, they tell him that that's what it was. And he was like, oh, they're like, do you remember the belt and this and that? And he's like, I don't like he, he gave them nothing. Right. So after wearing him down for hours, they finally get Chuck to admit that they had attacked, that him and Ryan attacked and killed Keith to rob money from him to get more alcohol. But this is just, I mean, this just goes to show you what can happen in an interrogation room when you're vulnerable and when they use certain tactics, when the police use certain tactics. So in March of 2004, both Chuck and Ryan were arrested and charged with murder, Chuck for second degree and Ryan for first Ryan's dad immediately goes to court and requests bail. And the judge says, sure, we'll we'll release him on bail. He'll be in your custody. He's only 17. $20 million. Oh, my gosh. Ryan's dad said there was an audible gasp in the courtroom from the lawyers on both sides. Nobody had ever heard of that bail. Turns out it was the highest bail ever set in history of the United States for one count of murder. What? Yes. Now, oh my gosh. they're both arrested, they're both in jail, but there's a couple of problems. Blood samples, hair samples, fingerprints collected at the crime scene, none of them matched Chuck or Ryan. So you mean like the problem was the evidence <laughs> doesn't point to them? Correct. Got it, okay. Yeah, just a little tiny thing. 
Something else happened during Chuck's interrogation, and this is what I meant to tell you sooner. The police coerced the story out of him, and in it, he ends up pointing to Ryan as the one who actually strangled Keith. Now, I didn't read this anywhere, but I'm just kind of, my hunch is that they felt he was impressionable yeah. and willing to throw his friend under the bus, and they just wanted someone to go down for it, right. and he was willing to to go where they led him, mm-hmm. and that's what they they got out of him. That's how I think that happened. So despite this flimsy evidence, Ryan goes on trial first in 2005, and not only did the prosecution abuse their power to arrest him in the first place on no evidence, his own defense attorney, who was not a public defender, his parents got him, hired him a lawyer, he completely botched the case. He put Ryan on the stand, which, as you and I know, usually not a good idea for a defendant, but he didn't prep him. He wasn't told in advance. Just one day he's like, and now I'm calling Ryan Ferguson. And his parents were like, what? And that's when they knew they lost. So I will tell you, I watched his testimony. He doesn't come across great because he's 17, Mm -hmm. pretty immature and in shock. Yeah, his interrogation video, when I saw it the first time, I was like, this guy's a jerk. Like I, I didn't. And that's just first impressions. I'm not saying he is or that's who he is today. But it was very like cocky, whatever. And I'm like, dude, this is serious. But I completely agree. He was um, combative. And but yeah. I think he was so shocked that he was in the scenario. And I do think he's like, he's confident, right? Like he wasn't yes. intimidated. Whereas Chuck, I think, was just the complete opposite and completely like melted into yeah. the police's agenda, but he got on the stand and he wasn't like strong and forceful. Like he was in the interrogation. He kind of just was like a deer in headlights mm-hmm. and it looked like he wasn't taking it seriously, but it's just cause he had no idea what was coming at him. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. He was so not willing to be coerced by the police yet. He still yeah. found himself in this situation, but one of the calls from jail to his dad they were, he was saying how they're not feeding him and they're taking his stuff. And he was like so angry. And his dad's like, you need to adjust your attitude a little bit. Cause like yeah. you're there and we can't get you out right now. So like, just to keep yourself safe, like cool it kid. Yeah. And, and then he called the cops. He said these white trash MFers. But like as a high school student, you were That's a high what I'm school saying. student. Like, dang. Crazy friend is now implicating you into a murder. You yeah. can't leave. Your whole life is upside down. Like, and when you're young, you think nothing will ever happen to you. No, this, this kid has, has confidence, um, that has not, things have, As would I. yeah, things have gone well for Ryan Ferguson. I would imagine up to this point. Yeah. And I think the idea of this happening to him was like absolutely incomprehensible. Yeah. And uh, to me, that's all showcasing his innocence of just he's like the audacity of these people like that was kind of the posture right totally well I'm sure that probably changed because unbelievably with this insane case where nothing made sense and there was no evidence maps were wrong it was so bad Ryan was convicted of first degree murder and robbery and sentenced to 40 years in prison Chuck went to trial after Ryan, and because Chuck confessed and gave Ryan up as the actual killer, he faced just a second-degree murder charge and robbery, but received a lesser sentence of 25 years. Now, support for Ryan starts swelling pretty early into his sentence. His parents are incredible, and they spearhead campaigns to get attention on his case, and they begin advocating for Ryan in any way imaginable, and they were successful because a little defense attorney named Kathleen Zellner, took over his case in 2009. You might recognize her name from the Stephen Avery, Teresa Halbach case, which we all saw, many of us saw on the Netflix Making a Murderer documentary. But that was actually 2016 that that she worked with Stephen Avery. This was 2009, so this predates that, but she was already such a star in innocence work, and she was um, in Chicago, so she handled all that like Midwest region, like Stephen Avery was up in, was it Minnesota? Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Um, And this of course was Missouri. So Zellner steps in and things start to happen. It takes time, but she makes huge strides challenging the integrity of Ryan's conviction. Now, because of her reinvestigation, a hearing is held where Zellner argues that there were multiple, not one, but multiple Brady violations which I feel like I don't have to school our audience on, but it's when 
evidence is withheld by the state that could have been beneficial to the defendant. Right. And she laid out all of them. Among them, major timeline discrepancies. Like one of them was that Chuck said they went partying to the bar, robbed and killed Keith, and went back to the bar, which was also a club. Okay. Well, come to find out, the bar closed at one. They left when it closed, and they couldn't have gone back because it was closed. She also discredited the supervising janitor's testimony, who turned out to be a convicted criminal himself. Which doesn't mean he's, they're always lying, but he had a lot of motive to be compliant with the police. Yes. His Wasn't it like he could Charges get, uh, were serious. Yes. Like yes. very, very serious. And we definitely don't talk about those on this nope. podcast. But um, yes, that I very much remember that guy on the, in the, the next like recanting. Kind yeah. Of thing. So he lied on, on multiple counts. He said his wife had sent him a newspaper when he was in prison. It comes to be that the wife never did that. He said he actually really couldn't see who was in the parking lot at all. <laughs> so at that same hearing, Chuck comes around and says he totally lied at trial. The truth, he says, is that he really doesn't know what happened the night Kent Heithold was murdered. So I don't, I couldn't like go down the Chuck rabbit hole. Sure. I don't know if there were like mental health issues or I don't know. But he came to this reckoning that not only did Ryan not do it, but I don't think I did either. And can you even imagine like coming to that realization after you, you pretty much single-handedly like created that outcome? I I just, I can't even imagine living with that. And no one, Ryan did have this whole parade of people who were supporting him. His dad, I remember, didn't he like paint something on his car and would drive it around about Ryan's freedom? Like he did everything. And then this guy, Chuck, I mean- Yes, he's like the genesis of this entire thing, but he really, even when all is said and done, doesn't seem to really have anyone in his no. corner. Because if Ryan's not guilty, he's not guilty. Exactly. But Exactly. So he goes on while he's testifying and says that there was extreme pressure coming from the police and the prosecutor to give them a story to explain the murder. And this is just how it unraveled. Right. And the quote he wrote here is, I basically sold my soul to save myself because they convinced him that they had done it. Later, he was interviewed by a reporter and he said, quote, it's sort of selfish to say it felt good just to know it wasn't on my conscience anymore. It felt good to know that I didn't have someone else like that because I lied. And especially by that time, I was starting to realize we didn't do this. So what he's talking to is saying, what he's talking about is saying, you know, when I finally said Ryan didn't do this right that felt like a huge weight he's like if I can't help myself at least let me help him so Ryan's 2005 conviction was vacated on November 5th 2013 by the Western District of the Missouri Court of Appeals and Ryan was released on the evening of November 12th after spending just shy of 10 years in prison so if you think about that it's like he went in as a 19 year old kid comes out a 29 year old man Even his release wasn't without a major plot twist and drama. I'm going to give you another clip. And this is the actual night of his release. They're in a hotel doing a press conference. Everyone's dying to hear from him and Kathleen Zellner. I know you really want to hear from Ryan, so I'm not going to talk too long. Today was just an incredible day because when we got to the prison, I know a lot of you were there, we had planned to take him out and... We went in and I had to hold the piece of paper up on the glass because he didn't know what had happened. He thought they were actually going to put him in the hole today. He thought something was wrong. And so I had to hold up a piece of paper that said it's over so he could see it. And then we were like trying to talk to each other through the glass. Then they brought him in a room and we sat in there and they, he had his clothes that Micah had gotten for him and so they took him They put his clothes on him. Uh, He wasn't handcuffed. Guards were milling around. And then unbelievably, the warden came in and said, we have another court order. You got to take those clothes off and put back on your orange jumpsuit. Horrible. Horrible. One of the worst experiences of my life. And I'm sure for him, it was just awful. 
Then we chased him over half of the state back to Boone County. We had to get a judge's order. Um, and then when they pulled him into the Sally Port, uh, he again thought he was being rearrested. So here he is to uh, tell you how thrilled he is to be free because it was amazing right to the end what a struggle this was. How did any of that happen? That's... Talk about throwing like spaghetti at a wall. Like uh, they were just doing everything they could to keep him. That's crazy. I the the way this enrages me. I I don't I don't quite know how to express. Like even for people who aren't innocent, I think we 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 don't treat incarcerated people the way we should be. But to know this kid did not do it, and that mm-hmm. he is allowed out, and they're just like you said, throwing spaghetti, grasping at straws. And for him not to know what is going on, I can't I just, imagine. I can't imagine either. Um, and, and going I know, forward, you'd have to be like, any time you see a police officer, I imagine you have like total gosh. PTSD that this could happen to you at any moment. Of course. And I know Kathleen Zellner is a divisive figure. Um, sure. But I will tell you, <laughs> if I ever go down for something, somebody call her, please. I know. Zellner would go on to represent him in a civil suit, Ryan, that is, against the Missouri Police Department, and he won $11 million, a million for every year he was in prison, and an extra million for his legal fees. And I have to say, I've heard a lot about exonerees and their lawsuits, and this is a very good settlement. They deserve so much more. You could never put a number on what was taken. No. The Western District Appellate Court pointed out in its decision that there was no evidence left that would support a conviction because double, double jeopardy wouldn't apply here, right? Because he yeah. wasn't acquitted. So he could be tried again, but it's not happening. They're not going to ever do it. So as you might imagine, people were super interested in Ryan's story. And as you know, Melissa, you're one of the people who followed it. I did. So in the years that followed his release, several projects came out related to him and his case. His dad produced and starred in a documentary called Dream Killer. Did you watch that? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I that didn't might be actually it. where I, I think No, no, no. I knew it before then, I think. Yeah, well, there's a lot of his dad in there, so you seem to like Yeah, know. I very connected to his father. Um I his loved dad is him, but yeah. Amazing. Like kind of the kind of parent you want leading mm-hmm. the charge. Um that film premiered at the 2015 Tribeca Film Festival. And it aired on ID and a two-part special, but you can watch it now on Amazon Prime. And honestly, if the story is interesting to you and you want to see some visuals around it, you'll see the interrogations of both kids, yep. testimony. It's quite interesting. In 2016, it was announced that Ryan would host a new MTV series, there's our third clue, called Unlocking the Truth, which was a serialized documentary following other cases of possible wrongful convictions. So Ryan kind of was the host. Yeah. Yeah working with other people and investigating potential wrongful convictions. Did you ever watch that? I did. Um, and I know the first case, I'm so jealous. I can't remember. I mean, I have to look up, look it up. But the very first case, like I, my heart broke for the guy that Ugh. they showed, but he's been um, now released from prison. <gasps> they like convict, convicted him of killing his mom. He was like 10 years old. It was terrible. Michael Polite, Polite, P-O-L-I-T-T-E. Okay. That's who it is. Okay. Well, um, look, all these stories are worth knowing. So yeah, I'm glad you're pointing it out. And while we're on the subject, Jeff Deskovic has an amazing story. And there's a Amazon doc called Conviction. And my friend Gia Wirtz made it. And it's amazing. And it's about Jeff. And he was a teenager accused of killing a classmate. And he didn't. Wait, um, was that the one I saw at um, yeah, CrimeCon? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was incredible. That was oh, really incredible. His story. All of these stories. They are so... I mean, bittersweet. It's like amazing when you see an exoneration happen, but it's like on the heels of completely miscarriage of justice. It's like, how do you celebrate? It's awful. Anyway. Okay. So he got this MTV gig. His dad did this movie. Ryan wrote a book called Stronger, Faster, Smarter, A Guide to Your Most Powerful Body. Melissa, you're going to write the follow-up to this one. Now, this was inspired by his dad. When he went to jail, not only did he say, change your attitude, kid. He said, Quote, I know you're innocent, but while you're in there, I cannot protect you. You have to do everything you can to make yourself stronger, faster, and smarter to survive. Hmm. So he got so into fitness and staying mentally agile. He was committed to not being a 19-year-old mentally when he got out. He always believed he would get out and that he didn't want to be like stunted. So he 
pursued intellectual stimulation and he got super fit super fit super fit <laughs> like, hello let me tell you that bone structure just got better with age mm-hmm. so those were really his lifelines in prison and now this is why we're gonna circle back we're taking the pin out of the amazing race we're back this is why it made perfect sense this was the perfect vehicle for him he was in peak shape he's mentally let's go back to physical <laughs> he's in peak shape he's in peak shape and he's in peak shape no he's he's because that show is as much about mentally what you can do right your limits totally so mm-hmm. he knows he can do hard things so as we know because i told you in the very beginning kim and Penn won first but ryan and his friend dusty came in third which is so solid and i thought we could end with that last clip which was their introduction on the show you know how you get to meet every team yeah. who they are here's dusty and ryan I'm Ryan Ferguson. I'm Dusty Harris. Grew up in Columbia, Missouri together. Um, Went to junior high and high school. Unfortunately, at the age of 19, uh, I was arrested and ultimately convicted of a crime that I had nothing to do with. Spent 10 years of my life, 19 to 29, in prison for a crime I had nothing to do with. For me to be sitting just here, outside, fresh air with a tree over my head, it's so rare for people who are wrongly convicted. But getting to see the planet with one of my best buddies and make up for 10 years of lost time is extremely important to me. We have so many different experiences than a lot of people who know each other and who have spent a lot of time together. We get to bring that together and go out into the world and utilize those traits that we've learned and put them together. The true meaning of making up for lost time. Getting to see the whole world and see this thing through, I think that's important to both of us. We're going to fight to the death. We want to win. But the experience together, doing something that so few people have had had the opportunity to do the amazing race that's winning to me that's awesome i mean i, I love know. that he did it with his best friend like i was saying to you i i personally when i knew he was going to be on there i wanted him to be on there with his dad yeah um, that would have been nice. i get it fine he wanted to win i mean no offense to mr ferguson i'm that just saying is a winner he is but he dusty was his friend throughout his time in prison a lot of his friends bailed on him you know yeah I mean what a confusing time for a teenager right like so I think their friendship is incredibly important to Ryan but um I'm sure Ryan is engaged to a woman named Bridget who is beautiful and a local news anchor so I am sorry listeners who were hoping he was single he is not they're getting married. He soon. came out of prison with a girlfriend because I very yeah, much not, remember her. She's not in the picture she's anymore. Gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, they are a very beautiful couple. And I am thrilled for their future and their freedom. So and happy. I just, I can't believe how often this happens. It literally, every time I hear another story, I'm, I'm like, why am I surprised? But also shocked, right? It's like. Absolutely. Ugh, it just it, keeps me up at night. I know. And then, I mean, because once again, I say this about the other guy, Chuck, nobody was in his corner. And so then you have to think of how many people don't have someone in their corner that this does happen to. That's essential. I mean, if you don't have family support, money for a lawyer, anyone checking in on you, there is so little you can do, obviously, from the inside. Like you're even with all of that, it takes... I mean, the average time it takes is, I think it's over 10 years. But I'm glad you brought up Chuck. Chuck was finally released in January of 2023. I didn't realize that. He spent like 18 years. Yeah. Um, So I don't know if it was just, oh, maybe it was parole time. I don't know, actually. I just did quickly look up to see if he was out. And I was just so glad. And also, Ryan never said a bad thing about him after his release. He was just very focused on him getting help, too. Because Mm -hmm. he, you know... He said something like he was a weird kid. Like, I think there's more to that story, but Ryan just maintained that, like, I don't think he meant any harm, which is like an insane thing to say when someone put you in prison. Yeah. But obviously he didn't deserve to be there either. And Ryan knew that. And so he never changed his story on that. And I find that incredibly admirable. I just Mm -hmm. think he's a real stand up person. And um, yeah, I'm just so happy he's free. Me too. I'm very glad he's, he's doing well. And, um, chooses to be on tv to grace us every once in a hello while. i'm gonna hello. post the um book cover rebecca thank you so much for sharing that story i forgot that there was a connection twice over because i think you could count the mtv one as oh i did show. it's a clue <laughs> yeah true <laughs> 
Um, but man, that story, it's so powerful and amazing to see what his family yeah. did and what he's done since then. He does a lot or, you know, speaks out a lot for other um, wrongfully convicted people. So yes. Amazing. And his podcast, I didn't even mention that prison counts. It's not active. I like looked it up recently and I think episodes ended in 2022, but it ran for a couple of years and it's good. Okay. He has on um, like different people who've been in prison. It's really about what actual life in prison is really mm. like and I'm like that is something I think a lot of people are very curious about yeah and he does a really nice job he co-hosts it with another guy who was in prison I don't know his whole story he's out now but yeah again if you're interested in learning more about him that I would definitely recommend his podcast um awesome. I listened to it back like a few years ago I'm glad it fit in the, the yeah, show for sure great absolutely super well, your turn will be next, but before we get to that, do you want to tell me what you've been watching? Because we've been talking a lot and you haven't, I'm very curious what you've been watching. Well, here's the thing. I've been to Traders and I told you, I think already, I've watched UK Traders. I've watched American. Wow. I got a VPN. It was a whole thing. I went through like yeah. a big obsessive thing. I've also been watching True Detective. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You don't love it. It's getting a little weird. Like it's very real weird. weird. Weird is the only word I could use when we were talking about it. I'm like, it's just weird, but weird in a way that I really like. But it is so weird. It's in a way for me where I'm like, okay, I'm getting roll, into the, where I just yeah. yeah, like I need a real monster, and I don't know if we're going to end up with a real monster in this, and then that's yeah. where I kind of it kind of loses me. But I understand. You talked about the mental health aspect and all that stuff. And I think that's very interesting in the story and yeah. important that they're sharing. But I know I'm going to watch the whole thing. Let's be honest. It doesn't I'm matter. I'm an episode behind. Did you watch Sundays? Yes. I will say, oh, you've got to watch that one. I know. I'm behind. I, I mm -hmm. will watch it ASAP. Oh, I'm glad I didn't spoil anything. Me too. But I think the third kind of fell off for me. And this fourth one, I'm like more back, back into okay. it. But okay. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I'm kind of going back to an old thing, but it's a new season. So okay. here is what I'm currently watching. Okay. Um, it's on Max. Mm -hmm. It's a comedy. Mm -hmm. Seinfeld. Seinfeld? Mm -hmm. Max comedy. Oh, are you watching like a Jerry Seinfeld special? Comedy special? No. no. Um, Bees, one more guess. Seinfeld adjacent. <laughs> um, Veep? No. Oh, no. Wouldn't it be great if there was a new Veep season? There is not. Uh, but there is. Wait. Go ahead. Seinfeld adjacent. Think Seinfeld creator adjacent. New season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. The oh, new and oh, final oh, oh. season. Wow. I never got yeah. into that. Really? I never got into Seinfeld either. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I know. I'll say that again. Um, keep that to yourself. Uh, All right. I... <laughs> I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's one of my all-time favorite shows. It's just the idea that that there's like a story, but they improv most of no, you know yeah, the lines it's... and stuff. It's just so much fun to watch. I would never want to meet Larry David. I'd never <laughs> want to be his friend, but I'm fascinated by watching him. And I call my husband Larry David a lot. Like there's definitely some mannerisms oh, that's very Yeah, it's not a compliment when I say it. <laughs> It's like all of Larry's worst, you know, quirks and stuff. But they always have such good guest stars. And it's just always, I don't know, it's always fun. And, and you never know how it's all going to come together. I'm always just amazed at it being so improvised, how things right. come back together. Yeah. And so if you didn't know, there's a new season. And it's the final season. So um, now's a great time to watch it. There is the first two or three seasons I didn't really care for. But after that, I like, I'll rewatch those any any time of the day, any day of the week, any month of the year. Twenty four seven, three sixty five. Watch it all the time. No, yeah. people love it. There's such a cult following around that show. I just I don't know how it missed me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't really make sense for. Well, it does make sense. Yeah, it does. For me to like totally it. Yeah. makes sense for you to watch it. Never mind. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. You okay. have a sophisticated humor. Oh yeah. No, you when do. I think me. Like that's a hardcore comics show like people who are really into comedy like that show yeah um that's also not a compliment um I think it is I mean it as one <laughs> no I just I don't know I love it I love the whole structure like I Amy Schumer's so been fun. on it right and she loves yeah it. she's been on it um Vince Vaughn only, was on it a season. yeah I only Josh know about Mikowitz it was on an episode yeah everybody talks about it like in interviews like mm-hmm 
like an armchair expert is what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just can tackle so many things that yeah. like it shouldn't be able to and it's still so funny and so I just love it. Good. I'm glad it's bringing you joy. Thank you. Rebecca, what's bringing you joy? Well, you're <laughs> going to be surprised. Oh, I'm excited. I don't think you're going to see it coming that this is my show. Okay. Hulu, but I think by way of Fox or the CW. <laughs> okay. Marriage. Farm. I mean, that's the dead ringer. Is it farmer wants a wife or something? How do you know everything? I knew you would know. The word farm well, and then I know. CW. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't know I literally have never heard of this show until I started watching it five days ago. I feel like maybe Date with Datelines talked about it or something because I know Farmer wants a wife. Like, it's just so crazy. I know it. What? That's all I know. The barn is happening on that show. So (laughs) my daughter found it, got obsessed. I was like, well, I'm just filling time to Love is Blind comes back on Valentine's Day. So let me put on Farmer wants a wife. So apparently it's been on in like 30 other countries. We're like 32nd. It's... Australia, England, and then 28 other places that I can't even name. So it's a long running show. So it's very confusing when you look it up on your, you know, streamer because it's like season one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, but it's like 2007, but then it's like season one, 2023. It's like a reboot. It's so confusing. Yeah. But the American one is the reboot. So once I figured that out, because I thought I was watching the 2007 (laughs) one, because that's what I thought my daughter was watching. And I'm like, wow, the women look so like current like has it been long <laughs> enough that a whole fashion cycles happened i was like but the guys definitely look 2007 so it must sure. be 2007 but mm. it was 2023 the guys yeah. just looked like they were 2007 because they're wearing that wranglers about right. and terrible shirts mm-hmm. and cowboy hats which isn't my thing i know cowboys are like cute to people but it's not my yeah. thing um but yeah so it's actually 2023 so the girls were modern and looking like <laughs> anyway <laughs> that was fun to figure out but um it's just a silly country version of the bachelor the big Mm -hmm. difference that i think is interesting is that the girls the women contestants get a video of the farmers and they get to select which farmer they go for so on this version there's four or five farmers landon brandon ryan and something yeah so there's four farmers, I think. And then I guess every farmer gets like five girls and it gets whittled down or maybe eight. Yeah. And then it gets not even good farmer names. Those are oh, lame. and they use the name. They use farmer in front of their name. So the, the host, Farmer Landon, has a solo date with Chickadee or whatever. <laughs> I think there's Do, a do they get nicknames? No. Do the girls get nicknames? But the girls' oh. names are close to Chickadee. I think it was Cassidy, oh. but still. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. It's a pretty name. I love it. Um, but it's like. I don't know. I just, I can't stop watching it. And the guys really, I'm like, are they playing parts? I know there's farmers and I know I don't, I buy from a farmer's market in Brooklyn. Like, I don't know really what's going going. on a farm. (laughs) But they're like, were you nervous? The producer's like, were you nervous when you met her? And he's like, nervous. About as nervous as a kitten in a room full of rocking chairs. I'm like, that's not a thing, sir. Like, I don't, is that an expression? I've heard that before. Because Are you serious? Because tails getting run over or um, on a rocking chair. That's a real phrase. It's not one I use. I just have never heard that. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of things like that. Like, I'm kind of there for the colloquial little things they say. And these girls pretending that they all want to live on these farms is so fun to watch. Um. Okay, I definitely want to watch that. You know what it's kind of reminding me of? Just this one season of maybe the worst show I've ever seen. What was the one by with Charlotte from uh, Sex and the City? Kristen, whatever her name is. It was a reality show? Yes. With her? Where it's so terrible. She was a host. What? And it was a woman who like basically wanted to find a partner so she could quickly have a baby. Like she needed to have I- a baby. So. I've never, I must see this. Kristen Davis hosted this? Yes. Are you ready for the name of it? It's even worse than I remembered. Labor of Love. I mean. I get Eight it episodes. Mo- I get it more than kittens and rocking chairs, but. Yeah, it was. Uh... Oh, they, um, she does end up finding somebody, by the way, at the end of the show, but they decide not to um, get somebody married. Somebody to have the baby she... with? Yeah, yes, that's exactly what it was. So, like, who's a good dad and all that stuff. And they, she decides to do in vitro fertilization on her own. Okay, maybe start with that. I and was not... just <laughs> seriously. It was so bad. But that's what Farmer 
Farmer Wants a Wife kind of reminds me of the same vibes. Yeah, it's really interesting. And um, there's a lot of things that aren't Bachelor-like. And this is the one thing that's really hanging me up that like I really want people's opinion on. They talk so much about the cameras, which is oh the antithesis of these shows. So I'm like, was that a production maneuver? Be like, if you feel uncomfortable with the cameras, mention it. Like, are they trying to do something different? Because I swear every episode, the girls are like, it's just the cameras are making this so hard. And if we weren't on camera and it's just kind of takes you out of it, it's so weird. And then in one, they're on a date and they're kissing and then they turn and they're both like, oh, cameras. It's like, Oh, Ew. that's weird. We don't want you to know we're watching you. Like, we're watching you, but just don't call me out like we're that. We're voyeurs, of course, yes, but I'm, don't call me a voyeur. It's so weird, but I so think the rude. farmers are across the board, like, unimpressive. Like, they're just, they're not handling the responsibility well. One guy said the girl's the too emotional, but then the other woman he let go, he said was too strong-minded. So it's like, dude, <laughs> like, pick a lane. The, you just want someone mute. worse. <laughs> like this guy sucks so anyway i can't stop watching so okay weird. well i want to see it i want to definitely watch it i will well, definitely check let it out. me know when you do and we'll we'll discuss mm-hmm. um and then of course you and i both watched love on the spectrum oh can't get enough it's just the most pure show you'll ever watch in your life it's beautiful it is i wouldn't change a thing about it i love nope. it except i would put it on more often yes i just devour those seasons me too there's so and seeing the family units there's just there's so much to it what I yes. love is like how they capture the complexity of each person I just think yes. these people often get written off as being all the same and these people right. are all so unique and different from one another it just totally like what autism looks like in different humans because everyone yeah, is so it's, it's so good I don't remember where I heard this from but someone said it's probably a famous quote if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. Exactly. Like That's so, so helpful to hear. And mm-hmm. I think don't, people don't think like that. Yeah. I think um, it's better now, but like yeah. for sure it's, yeah. And it's like everybody's not Rain Man, that kind of thing. Right. Um, right. But oh, it's so, it's so good and so heartwarming. And there's just so many like special moments in there that they've created themselves and, you know, just, oh, I love it. You said you wouldn't change anything. I just thought of one thing I would change. Oh, okay. And this, I feel really bad to say, and we'll decide if I keep it in or not, but Steve's story, I find tough because he's a lot older than the rest of the cast. And I find it's a little sadder because he's so further along in life and hasn't found the person. And you can see why when he's on dates, how hard and challenging it is. That kind of breaks my heart a little bit. The other ones are so young and like there's still a lot of hope. Yeah. I'm not saying it's hopeless for Steve. No, 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 I get that. It's different. It has a different it. gravity and it kind of like, I worry about it. Yeah. Well, he seems like a very happy, well-adjusted person. He, he and is and he does, lovely. but he really wants love. I like know. he, really But not wa- enough to like have somebody hug him several no. times because that well, one lady was too forward for him and he was like, I know. oh, I no, know. no. I know. Um, so at least he still has his standards. He no, knows what true. he wants. You're right. But Thank I know you. what you mean. That's a good reframing. You want, to see, you want to see everyone have this happy ending. And especially if he's older, you're thinking, oh my gosh, he hasn't had that moment yet. But yeah. I know what you mean. But to me also, that just makes it more realistic. It's and true. You're right. And it shouldn't be ages. They should include that part of it too. No, according yeah. to you, cut off the old people. If you're over <laughs> yeah, 40, right. Ryan's dad. Nope. <laughs> nope. Out of here. Can't be on Amazing Race. No, I really don't feel like that. I'm older than you. So if anyone should be advocating for the elderly, it is I. Much older. Much. <laughs> I've got a birthday coming up. We're oh, getting yeah. scary. Oh, it's in like two months, but you know. Okay. What's our next okay? story about? Mm-hmm. You okay? Um, All right. Really? I picked mine today. Great. Very excited for the subject matter. Okay. Crime, not as much. Okay. Um, okay. Three clues. Mm-hmm. Alliteration. Towels. Love it. Traitor. Tips. Vanderpump rules. Owls. I don't know. Kitchen. There's a kitchen in the restaurant. You're in the right world. Woo-hoo. You're in the right world. This is exciting. This mm-hmm. is exciting because I am finally on board, if you will. Ooh. Wow. This is going to be good, Melissa. Well, this was really good. This was fun. This was great. Thanks for letting me do this departure. Um, it's just always an honor to be here. <laughs> <laughs> it really is it's a little late it really i is. think we're it's uh yeah and then happy two years of criminality whatever day it is this month three 
when is it? Three years. Three. Oh, is it? Maybe. Yeah, you're right. But like, this is breakup. This is grounds for divorce. <laughs> this is. You don't even know our anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know our anniversary, and I don't know how many years. I this don't know the date. Yet. Okay, but I know well, that then. 2024. Why did I say it like that? Um, so formal. I hereby decree is our third anniversary because it was still the pandemic, right? It was like 2021. Yeah, yeah. I was having lots of pandemic that ideas. Fateful night you texted mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I said, let me think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I texted back five minutes later. Okay. <laughs> thank you for doing that. And thank you guys for listening. If you want to keep us going, is that a threat? I don't know. Um, feel free to leave us a review. A five-star review would be great. Only. Um, yeah, only. And, you know, a nice little comment in there about what you like about the show. Um, share it with your friends. Favorites, but yeah. Yeah. Everybody that says we should be friends, we're friends. I assume we're friends. Let's just yeah. be friends. Just tell your other friends to come yeah. join the friend party. Whatever Rebecca said. <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, Rebecca, Instagram. We have Instagram. We do. At Criminality Show. <laughs> Follow us there. That's where we are the most active. And I am going to put up pictures as promised from today's episode so get on over there they're, they're hold her be to there. it hold me to it demand answers if you don't see things <laughs> if you don't see something say something <laughs> because it's just because we forgot yep um yes well i'm excited let's do this again in two weeks and Perfect. can't wait to um to share my story me too all aboard <laughs> bye <laughs> bye <laughs>